He's a national high school football scout for several Division I universities, and he's known for his no holds bar commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. Go hard or go home. I call it like it is. And he's a veteran recruiting analyst. Greg Biggins. Watch my best to keep Keith in line. Together they bring you the transparent truth. The world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. The transparent truth. Ha <laughs> ha! Welcome, welcome. You're now listening live to the transparent truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. I'm in the building, y'all. I got my man. I got my main man. The GOAT himself. Legendary. Greg Biggins. GB, what up? What an intro. I don't know if I deserve that, but it's good to be here at Historic. Is it too too early to call this place that we're at Historic? At two state championships in four years? I, I think, think we're good. We're at, we're at the home of the St. John Bosco Braves. Off-site. Ready to go. Let's do this. You know what, GB? Your wife calls you the GOAT. I'm going to call you the GOAT. I appreciate that. She knows. She knows what's up. No doubt. So we're going to kick it live for you today. We have our recruiting news coming up. We got top performers all over the West Coast. We've got a man listen segment. We're also going to recap last week's games. And then we have our preseason awards show. We're going to be giving out awards for preseason players who really showed up and showed out. The Transparent Truth Recruiting Report. So let's get this party moving. We got our recruiting news coming up. GB. You forgot my really bra. I got a really bra segment. Can I, can I steal that from you? Do you want a really bra? Dude, like, after one of your predictions last week, I got I to gotta do a really bra. I'm only playing. We're going to slow your really bra down. But we, we do talk, have recruiting news. Recruit. So let, you go ahead and get us popping. How about Tay Lee? CDM. Yeah. Del Mar. Yeah. Offers from schools like Boise State, like BYU, like Colorado State. He's going to the Ivy League. He's going to Harvard. Mr. Tay Lee, kind of a hybrid tight end, uh, big wide receiver. Put up historic numbers last week for a uh, last year, excuse me, for uh, Orange County tight end. Something like 22 touchdowns, 1,200 yards, but academics were a big deal. He gave serious thought to being a walk on at Stanford. But he decided, hey, I'm going to go to Harvard. Tay Lee, he's locked in. Hey. What do you think about that? Listen, I will never, ever frown upon a young man choosing to go to the Ivy League to improve his stock as a young adult and future grown man, husband, so on and so forth. So shout out to Tay Lee. I think that's a great decision. Wish more players would make that decision. Listen, education take you a whole lot further than football will. That is for sure. And I totally agree with you. How about Dallas Taylor Cortez from Chaminade? High school, he committed to Iowa State. Took a visit to Iowa State about three to four weeks ago. Wanted to commit on the trip. Decided, you know what, I don't don't want to make an emotional decision. Let's come home. He had schools like Utah and Wazoo, the Washington State Cougs, who wanted to trip him in. He said, you know what, I'm going to shut it down. I'm going to Iowa State. He said he felt like home. He felt comfortable. Gives him the opportunity to maybe play right away. Dallas Taylor Cortez, lock it in. Iowa State, the Cyclones. Taylor Cortez, a guy that we love with size and range and length. He's trained by my guy Vic Rogers over there at the DB Lab. Huge upside. He can run. Needs to continue to hone his skills, lock down his technique, but a nice pickup for the Iowa State Cyclones. Yeah, man, a high upside guy. Right now he's probably, 
I would say more projection than production. Sure. He's not as good right now as he's going to be. And obviously, you can say that about every player, but he's a guy who right now is always scratching the surface. But it's hard to teach guys to be 6'2 yeah. and 4'4, four, four, right? Sure. And we got one more commitment a guy that we're both pretty close to at a Bishop Gorman, Jacob Asaya, commits to the Michigan State Spartans. That was his first official trip. He had a lot of schools. I think he was close to, I don't know, 15 offers. And I thought Jacob would be a guy to take multiple trips and kind of play the process out. But he decided, you know what? I've seen enough. He took a visit this past weekend sure. to East Lansing and decided, you know what? I've seen enough. I'm shutting it down. Jacob Asaya. You think about him in the Big Ten. It kind of fits his style, his scheme, his, his strengths. Well, you know what, Greg? I think... It's a nice fit for him, but more importantly, I think for him and his his peace of mind, his grandfather is a legendary football player at that school, or was a legendary football player at that school, and Jacob, I'm sure, wanted to follow in his grandfather's footsteps. Jacob comes from a fantastic family. I know his dad very well. They're great people. They do things right. And uh, this was not his first trip to Michigan State. He was, he's been there previously. This was a return trip. I'm sure he felt like, hey, this is the one to go on. Made his commitment. So congratulations to Jacob Asai and the Asaya family. Fantastic for them. Yeah, I'm a great kid. Like no salt question. Of the earth kind of a kid. No and, question. Uh, you know, like you mentioned, I mean, shoot, he tripped everywhere. I mean, he racked, he racked up some serious frequent flyer miles. They yeah. visited just about every school out there. So congrats to him. Uh, and we got some official trips. Modern day offensive lineman Chris Murray took his first official visit to Utah over the weekend. Said he liked it a lot. It exceeded his expectations. He's got a, uh, a trip to Notre Dame next month when they take on USC. Stanford is involved. Cal is involved. A few other schools remain involved. The Washington Huskies are involved. But Utah did a nice job with Mr. Chris Murray, part of that great offensive line at Modern Day. Panay Sewell, uh, maybe the top guard prospect out west, took a visit to Oregon. The Oregon Ducks also did a really nice job with him. Uh, I think the team to watch with Panay is probably Alabama. Home State, Utah, the Utes are heavily involved as well. They will get a visit at some point. But right now, I, I think Oregon... Really made a big impression. If he had a gun to my head, I'd probably say Alabama might be the team to beat. But again, Oregon gave him a lot to think about. UCLA had a big weekend. They don't normally trip in a lot of kids during the season, but they did. They tripped in several out-of-state players, headlined by a couple players out of Oregon. Chase Cota, Talanoa Hufanga, both took their official trips. Also, uh, Kyle Phillips out of San Diego, a Bruin commit. Trevor Trout, no relation to the great Mike Trout. But he's also a very, very talented athlete, like the great Mike Trout. Trevor's a big-time deep tackle out of Missouri. And then Mustafa Muhammad out of Texas, a big-time tight end. So all these guys took their official trips to uh, UCLA. All had a really good time. Right now, just kind of handicapping it. I think they probably have the best shot out of all those guys outside of Phillips is already committed. Chase Cota, I think, is a guy who, you know, watch out for the for UCLA. I think people kind of think, oh, he's going to go to Oregon. That's where his dad played at. But I think UCLA's got a, an actual shot. At Mr. Chase Cota, he'd be huge for them. Also had a big unofficial visitor. I just wanted an excuse to say his name because I love saying his name. But G. Scott, out of the 2020 big class. Big time cat. Eastside Catholic, 2020 class, a receiver. I think right now him and Johnny Wilson from Calabasas are kind of in that running for the top overall receiver in the West Coast class of 2020. But he took an unofficial visit to Notre Dame. Loved it there. Notre Dame is, is definitely going to be involved. But the hometown Washington Huskies right now are doing a nice job. But, G. Scott, speak on that kid. I know he's a, you're a fan of his game. Yeah, I am. I got a chance to see him this past offseason. You talk about a silky smooth route runner. 
Reminds you of a young Peter Warwick. I mean, he's he's quick out of his break. He's got he can stick his foot into the ground and get in the next direction without slowing down. He's got soft hands. He's got that long kind of frame. Not tr- great size in terms of height, but he's he's got long arms. He's got big hands. The guy catches it smoothly. He's very very difficult to tackle. Once he gets the ball in his hands, he's got great vision. He's got acceleration in the open field. I mean, he's just a smooth operator, man. Just a playmaker supreme, no doubt. And that's all I got for recruitment. But I did want to throw out one more, one, one more thing here. I don't know what category to put it under, but Bob Johnson is officially retiring. I don't know if you saw that. You probably did. But uh, Bob's the all-time leader in Orange County. Career wins with 339. That's third in California. Bob's been around forever, won multiple uh, CF titles at El Toro, where he coached guys like his son, Robin Brett, and Steve Stenstrom. Yeah. Uh, spent 12 years of my, of my life traveling the country with Bob, doing the Nike camps and student sports days. And i tell you what, I, I learned a lot from Bob. Didn't always get along well with him. He's a, he's a guy who's, you know, kind of has that mean, grouchy, uh, you know, he's an old school football coach. Old ball coach. He's an old ball coach. Yeah. And you know what? He knows what he's talking about. It's, sometimes it was his way or the highway, but he also has a... Uh, another side, just a great dude. And talk about just knowing the quarterback position. This guy is as good a quarterback coach as you're going to see, and just learn a lot about you know what to look for in a quarterback, what what you value most, things like toughness and leadership, and not just the big arm, but you know all the little things that make up a great quarterback. So, Bob Johnson, uh, last official. Uh, they're having their little retirement party for the last official regular season game against San Clemente, and obviously Mission Viejo right now is. You know, they're trying to make a decent run. I know we talk about the yeah. Trinity League teams a lot, but uh, right now Mission Viejo is undefeated, knocked off Pauly, knocked off Santa Margarita. So uh, they have a good chance to get that number four seed yeah. behind the big three, Centennial, Marday, and, and Bosco. We'll see what, what they could do in Bob's final year at Mission Viejo. Yeah, hopefully they make a deep, deep run. Um, 339 victories and counting. That's crazy. That's a, that's a fantastic career. My hat is off to you. Much respect, Bob Johnson. That is uh, it's actually my mother's husband's name Bob Johnson shout out to you <laughs> Barbara and Johnson's husband but Bob Johnson the coach of Mission Viejo congratulations and uh, happy retirement after the season but Diablos go out there and have a great season and, and send that guy out on a high note so we're going to move on Greg we got top performers man we, we got a bunch of states we're going to try to rip this thing off as quick as we can yeah. let's take it like this Greg I'll go one you go one let's try okay. to go back and forth as fast as we can okay. I'm going to start off with wide receiver 2021 class, Josiah Zamora out of Cathedral. Eight catches, 211, three touchdowns. Go, Greg. We got Long Beach Poly, Matt, Matt Corral going 25 of 39 for 457. Five touchdowns throwing, two touchdowns rushing. That's seven touchdowns, Coach Key. How about running back out of Chaminade, Andrew Van Bully? 312 rushing yards and five touchdowns as he ran over my alma mater on Thursday night. Van Bully, what up? <laughs> I got Sarah High School. Just because you segued it over there. How about Doug Brumfield? 36 of 46, 325, threw for three, rushed for one, was not overwhelmed at all in that game. So I'm in eighth grade. <laughs> can I stay at Sarah or should I just keep going? You want to just go back and forth? Yeah, we'll just keep going back, back and, and forth. forth. Okay. Okay, let's go with Johnny Wilson over at Calabasas. 10 catches, the wide receiver. 199 yards, three touchdowns, was unstoppable in the red zone. Kid is big time, like you said. Probably the top wide receiver prospect on the West Coast for his class. I will stay at Calabasas. I actually had Johnny with 217. Okay. That's the stat I saw. But let's stay at Calabasas. How about Jaden Casey? 29 of 54 for 5, 58, and 8 touchdowns. 
all of them clutch. Led his team, rallied his team. Props to you, J.D. Casey, just a sophomore. Jaden Casey doing his thing. Yes, sir. We're going to stay right there, Calabasas. We know it was an unbelievable game, and there were top performers everywhere. How about Micah Pittman? Eight catches, 130, three touchdowns. The transfer has been on fire this year for Calabasas. Going to be challenging for five-star status very, very soon, Greg. I'm going to stay at Calabasas one more time. Let's do it. How about Nico Hall? Oh, yeah. He's only, played. He's only been healthy for a couple of weeks, but he's already getting it done. How about five catches for 179 and two touchdowns and a key strip and recover on the defense side of the ball? Nico Hall, two-way two guy that can two go, no guy. question about it. Let's stay. Let's go back to what to Sarah. Do it. Can we go to Levon Bunkley Shelton? LV, the wide receiver, the 2020 cat. Yes. Three receiving touchdowns, a breakout performance for the 2020 star who has got a huge future ahead of him. Big time game. LV, let's go. I think all three of those touchdowns were in the second half, all pretty key. I want to see him get the ball in space and go down the field. Yeah. He was like a little red zone threat. I want to see him make plays in space. How about staying at Sarah? Yep. Johnny Jackson. 17 catches. Wow. For 123 yards. Not a great average, but shoot. You catch the ball 17 times. That's not too bad. JJ getting it done. Those are half of Doug Brumfield's receptions went to John Jackson. Top performer in that yeah. same game. Blake Anzalatos. You know Blake the baller. He had 18 tackles. He's on his way to 200 for the year, Greg. Yes, he is. Go ahead. What you got? How about Mission Viejo High School? How about Mr. Joey Yellen, who used to play at this very school right here at St. John Bosco? Now he's getting he's doing big things for the Diablos. How about 423 yards, 363 in the first half alone? That's and four touchdowns. And That's four touchdowns. Nice job, Joey. I'm going to see that and match that with quarterback Bryce Young out of Cathedral. 26 of 34, 361 yards, and five touchdowns in the first quarter. What? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Jeez. But he had a big-time game. Bryce Young, 361, five touchdowns. Dude, how about this one? How about our guy, Law Pope running back, Toa Tau? Again? You, you, you wanted to go with Toa, didn't you? Again, Toa? How about this? How about nine carries for 220 yards and three touchdowns, including a state? Tying, because you can't do better than this, a state tying 99-yard touchdown run. They called it a 99-and-a-half yard, but I'm just going to say, you know what? 99 yards is 99 yards. Toa Tawa, 9 for 220, three touchdowns, 99 yards. Andrew Jones will not run up the score, but if he wanted to give the guy the ball 30 times just for the fun of it, he'd have 1,000 yards in a game. That'd be so much fun to see. Sheesh. Toa Tawa, man. He's just – man, you talk about a guy who is – Golden right you can't now. Can't really stop Toa Tawa. You can yeah, barely, barely hope to contain him. Ain't no question. Let's go with quarterback Chase Peterson oh, at Tesoro. Nice. I got you. You did get me. Six passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, seven total touchdowns for Chase Peterson, the six foot three, two hundred twenty pound quarterback at Tesoro. Nice job, dude. It's better than that. Can I piggyback on that? Yeah, go with it. What do you value a quarterback? What do you value most in a quarterback? Um, his leadership. Okay. Give me one more thing. His accuracy. How about does he win games? That goes with leadership. But yeah, I, I would agree. They yeah. Get, how about Chase? They're playing Los Alamitos. Yeah, they're, which is they're, not they're, a, they're, they're not underdog, bad at football. They're the underdog team. Yeah. With 15 seconds left to play, he threw his seventh touchdown pass to right. give them that 48 to 44 win. So he rallied his team 
15 seconds left, touchdown pass. Yeah. 48 to 4. It was back and forth. Whoever has the ball last is going to win it. Chase Peterson comes up huge for Tesoro. Whoever has it last wins. Yeah. Chase had it last, and they Chase won. Had it last. I don't count 15 seconds. Like I say, said, Tesoro got that win. Nice job, Chase. How about running back at Ganesha? Zaquan Irby, 346 yards and five touchdowns. He kind of lit up the scoreboard himself. Nice job, Zaquan. How about we go over to Oaks Christian in a game that we just found out we've been pronouncing your name wrong all season long. We're sorry, Bryce. Farrell. Farrell. I think we've been calling you Pharrell. Double R, double L. I always thought that meant Pharrell, but you know what? My bad, Bryce. You're getting it done all season long. You are a repeat performer. How about seven catches for 194? Not a bad average. And two touchdowns. Bryce Farrell, big-time sophomore athlete, having a big season. Like it, Bryce. A 10 ace B showing up big time. Let's go to a repeat performer in the South Bay. Got a new nickname I want to share with everybody. A running back out of Londale, Jordan Wilmore. 15 carries, 175 yards, and a 70-yard punt return for a touchdown. New nickname alert. Jordan Wilmore is officially now Jordan Will Score. Jordan will score because he's scoring every game. He's been a repeat performer every week on the show, Greg. The only guy, maybe besides Toa Tao. So nice job, Jordan. Will score. We'll see. We'll see if that one sticks. Let's go. Dude, Van Bully has stuck. Yeah, Van Props Bully. To Props to you. Hey, let's go back over to Valencia. How about the quarterback, Connor Downs, 24 of 35 for 217 in a touchdown. Also rushed for a touchdown. And we're going to talk a lot about that game a little yeah. bit later on. But nice job to you, Connor Downs. 217, threw for one, ran for one. Let's go. Let's take it back to that Tesoro-Los Alamitos game. Keanu Norman, the running back who I really like out of the 2019 class for Los Alamitos, 22 carries, 175 yards. Check, check. Yeah, 22 carries, 175 yards, and a touchdown. And he's been hurt. That's why I haven't mentioned it. we haven't mentioned him much. Oh, okay. Uh, so he's only played a couple weeks, if not maybe just one week. And again, Los Alamitos, let's get those stats updated. We want to talk more about your guys. Help us help you. Help us help you. What else about, you got? How about we go back over to Mission Viejo, mention Joe Yellen. How about Elijah Griffin had three catches for 147 and three touchdowns all in the first half. Elijah Griffin, OG, big-time game on the offensive side of the ball. Big-time game. Ryan Cragen, the receiver out of St. Margaret's, repeat performer. Greg, remember last week this guy had, I think, seven touchdowns? This week he had 114 receiving yards. He had an interception for a touchdown, and he had a punt return for a touchdown for five total touchdowns versus St. Pius X high school. Nice job. Ryan Cragen nice out of St. Margaret's is blowing. And you know what? I watched this guy's tape. He can go a little it's bit. Bad. Oh, yeah. Okay. He can go a little bit. I think college recruiters are going to start knocking on that door. No question. I'm going back to Valencia. How about running back Moises Haynes? 34 carries, 217 yards. Would have loved to have seen him get that 35th carry. Moses Haynes, 34 for 217. And I'm just going to stay here just for one more second, coach. Go with it. Javon Wilson had three touchdowns. All uh, rushing was hurt a third quarter and not play in the fourth quarter, which is kind of why he wasn't there mm. for the end of the game. But Javon okay. Wilson had the three touchdowns, so Moses Haynes got him down to the goal line. Javon Wilson ran it in to the goal line. Nice job by both those two running backs. Dynamic too. Also, Javon Wilson picked up an offer from Washington 
over the last week. So nice job. Nice job, Valencia. Nice job. You want to stay in SoCal? Because I'm ready to go up to NorCal. You got anything else? You know what? I think I'm – yeah, you know what? I will stay. How about Sierra Canyon freshman quarterback, Chaden Perry? How about 13 for 15 for 279 and two touchdowns? Also ran for two touchdowns. See what? Watch the film of this guy on Twitter the last couple of weeks. This is a kid we're going to be talking about for three more years. Jaden Perry looking really, really good. Sierra Canyon has their quarterback. They are going to roll. I had Sierra Canyon winning CF in my little, our little uh, week one or week two, whatever it was, preview. Sierra Canyon is starting to roll. Should I keep going? Go with going? it. Yeah, if you're in SoCal, keep going. How about Troy High School out of Orange County? A wide receiver, Chris Rawls, six catches, 117 yards, and two touchdowns, which on its own is okay. But how about he also had what they're calling a 101-yard pick six? I'm going to call it a 99 yards because I don't think you can count how many yards you take. No, no, no. 99 yards as far as you can go. But you know what? That's not bad. This kid is 6'4". He's a 6'4 junior who won his league 400-meter championship last year as a sophomore. He was a dual-sport guy. Remember this guy's name, Coach Keith? Chris Rawls out of Troy High School, a 6'4 receiver who can get it done on both sides of the ball, any runs track, any punts. Nice. You want me to keep going? I can keep going. I'm still in SoCal. Yeah, so keep going. You're in SoCal. Want to steal the show no, no, no. Just keep going because I'm ready to go to NorCal whenever you're ready. I got Travis Dye out of Norco. Oh, yeah. He's a performer. All he did was go for tw- 23 carries for 268 and four touchdowns in a 45-0 to dismantling of Chino Hills. Kind of a rough week for Chino Hills last week. LaMelo Ball checks out. Yeah. Program. They lose 45-0 to a tough Norco team. Hey, let me stop you right there. Stop me. How about this? Sebastian Kronberger out of Lakewood. 259 yards on 33 carries. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He's he pounding the rock over there for the Lakewood Lancers. Again, 259 yards on 33 carries. Big time game for him. I got a central high school team. Okay, let's do it. My central, let me go up to you in NorCal. Sure. How about Tulare Union High School? Are you familiar with Tulare? I am Tulare. Yeah, I believe that's in the Fresno yeah. area. They had two, how about how often does this happen? So they had a running back, Cosmeri Allen, a Boise State commit. He goes for 335 yards and seven touchdowns. And they also had a wide receiver, Emery Edwards, who had nine catches for 263 and three touchdowns. A Fresno State commit. Wow. Do you ever see a receiver go for 260 the same game a running back goes for 360? Who are they playing against, Greg? They're playing against an undefeated Danuba team. The final score was 69-47. to 47. This is a, uh, two undefeated teams, 4-0, going after it. Danuba. That's why their stats are so, so big, because they kept having to keep those guys in, kept piling those stats up. But these guys are both legit. we got a Boise State commit, Casimir Allen, wide receiver Emory Edwards. Dude, Boise State's got an embarrassment of riches. Allen and Van Bully going to Boise State next year. That's two pretty dang good running back commits they have right now. I'm still thinking about Danuba. I want to call him Dunacha. Danuba was 4-0, man. Do not, do not guard anybody. Danuba, do not stop anybody. Danuba had what was being called a steel curtain type defense before this game. That's interesting. That's very, very interesting. So we're going to take it up north to the Bay Area. We're going to hit Moreau Catholic. Athlete Adi Anderson. 200 total yards and two touchdowns. He had a big-time game. We're going to take it down to in Durkham High School. In Durkham High School, Ryan Jones, he's a cornerback a and a free safety. 
He had four pass deflections, made plays on the football, also had an interception. So a big-time game for him. We're going to Elk Grove High School. Matty Horn, he had five tackles. He had a sack. He had a forced fumble. It's a big-time player, getting a lot of good information and good reviews from him out there. Then we're going to go to Christian Brothers. 2019 athlete Tyler Green, 200 total yards, four touchdowns. Greg, what you got? I got to go out of state. Oh, I like it. Are, are you good with NorCal? I'm good with NorCal. For sure. Yes. We got some Elite 11 quarterbacks. How about Cam Cooper? 22 out of 31 for 320 and five touchdowns for the Wazoo commit. Go Cougs. Hey, the lazy lefty dropping dimes in the bucket. I like it. Can we Cam see Cooper. Washington State versus Bama for the national title this year? Uh, no. I don't think so. Bring but, it on, Bama. Clemson, you don't want none of these Cougs. But shout out to the Cougs, man. Shout, shout out to my boy Roy, Roy Manning. Manning. Oh, my gosh. I with was that, thinking with the that same. speed D and those special forces and that air raid offense. My boy Roy Manning over there with the Cougs. Love the that outside guy. linebacker. He's a great guy. How about Dorian Thompson-Robinson out of Bishop Gorman? Just played a little bit. 7 of 8, 184. Three touchdowns, efficient yet dynamic. Seven completions for one eighty-four. Yeah. One eighty. Yeah, so almost half his completions are for touchdowns. One hundred eighty-four yards. It's not a not a bad half of football at all. This is kind of the point in the, in the season where Gorman kind of wins. They kind of just pick pick the score. Yeah, basically. Spring Valley ain't that dang good, Greg. How about Colson Yankoff from Cuerda Lane, Idaho? Wow. You know about Colson Yankoff, right? I, I do. It's just so, that name. Is, it's a great name. It's tremendous. He's a Washington Husky commit. He threw for 212 and 4, rushed for 113 and 1 in the first half. That's and, big time. And they got some big time ballers in Idaho. So he's going up against some serious defense. He doesn't care. Yankoff gets it done every single time. How about Chase Coda? Eight catches. For 177 and four touchdowns, one of the nation's elite receivers. And last but not least, I got a junior out of DeMonte Ranch, Nevada, a Notre Dame commitment, Mr. Cade McNamara, going 19 of 36 for 303 and six touchdowns. Cade, a repeat a big, performer. Yes, in a big comeback win for DeMonte Ranch. Cade McNamara will be one of the top junior quarterbacks, is one of the top junior quarterbacks in the country and that is all I got out of state. Back well, to you. Let's take it to the beautiful islands of Hawaii, Greg. Yeah, I'm good with that. A familiar place for yourself. Oh, good times. Repeat performer, Shevin Cordero. Okay, St. Out Louis. of St. Louis High School. The quarterback threw for 375. He accounted for two touchdowns. He's got 770 yards and nine touchdowns in the last two games. Of course, he blew up on Narbonne a sure week ago. Did. Dylan Gabriel out of Mililani High School. He's the quarterback. 431 yards and five touchdowns. He already has over 2,000 yards passing for the season. You know, Mililani, quick story on that. You know, when I was in eighth grade, I played for a, a California team that went to Hawaii for a soccer tournament. We stayed with the host family from Mililani. Okay. One of the most beautiful places. Uh, that's all I can say. Just good times. Good times if you're an eighth grader. I can, I can good times no matter what age, but, man, that was some good times before your summer of high school. I can imagine Greg Bingham. Oh, Miliani. Let's go with Kahuku High School. Nalu Emerson. Nalu Emerson had a huge game. My man had two interceptions, returned them both for a touchdown, also recovered a fumble 
that led to a touchdown, Greg. I'll tell you what, Kahuku is about as old school as you can get. Really? Right up there by the North Shore where the big waves are. Okay. You kind of drive around the island, get to the, get to Kahuku, and you know want you want to know why those guys are so tough and physical. You have the private schools that kind of get everything. Yeah. And the Kahuku is just, I mean, they're just tough and mean and nasty, and they're just all a bunch of throwbacks with, like, Vince Lombardi-type level stuff. They get after it at Kahuku. Wow, that's interesting. I love the way they play. Do they normally have a big roster, or do they kind it's of a, a decent, small group it's of It's a decent-sized roster, but just in terms of, like, the facilities, they just don't have what other schools have, what the St. Louis's of the world have. Yeah. They rely on just plain toughness. Okay. Toughness, really good coaching, superior athleticism, not, not so much that, but just being gritty, gutty, and, and just the will to win. Okay. That's Kahuku, the Red Raiders. Let's take it to Utah. Okay. We'll go with Zach Wilson, the quarterback of Corner K yes. in high school, the yes. Boise State Committee, the repeat performer, 15 to 22, 270 yard, 279, and three touchdowns. Also had 12 touches, carrying the ball for 108 yards and a touchdown. Let's go with Bronson Barron, quarterback, American Fork, 15 to 23, 305, and five touchdowns with an interception. Let's go with Sione Molissi from East High School. 16 touches, 235 yards, three touchdowns. Cooper Legas, a repeat performer, quarterback out of Orem High School. 335 yards, five touchdowns on 15 out of 21. Big time game. Last but not least, Crew Wakely, quarterback, Jordan High School. 15 of 20, 269 yards, two touchdowns. He also ran the ball nine times for 127 yards and three touchdowns. So a big-time game for my guys out in Utah. Shout-out to Level Up Elite Camps from Friday Stats up in NorCal. Shout-out to my guy Trent Herzog of National Preps reporting stats and also my guy Coach T reporting stats uh, for us up at National Preps up in the northern section of California. So that was big time. Greg, we got to take it to Texas really quickly, Greg. You know they do things bigger in Texas. Go with that. Really quickly, I'm going to try to ramble this off quick, but I want to show those guys in Texas some love. Jacek Garcia, Clearbrook High School. He's a quarterback. He threw for six touchdowns and a win over Clear Falls. Ja'Cory Morgan, Clear, Clear Lake High School. He's a receiver. Seven catches. 171 yards, two touchdowns. He was on. He had scoring runs of 76 and 85 yards. Also had two catches for 212 yards. So he's playing running back, but also plays receiver. Austin Ogumakin, Hastings High School. He's a playmaker on both sides of the ball. Greg, 10 catches, 177 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Jalen Waddle, the speed, the the speedy Army All-American. Okay, out of Episcopal, Episcopal Bel Air, excuse me. He's a small guy, but he's quick as a cat. He's one of the top players in the country. 44 yards receiving, an 83-yard run for a touchdown, and also a 74-yard punt return. Brennan Eagles, another big-time player out of Elite High School. He's a University of Texas commit. Three touchdown catches, one from nine, one from 15, and one from 25 yards out. Warren Walls, Bishop Lynch High School. Big-time defensive tackle. 11 tackles, 5 TFLs, 3 sacks, a quarterback hurry, and a forced fumble for one of the best teams in Texas. Grant Sawyer out of Argyle Liberty Christian, 12 tackles, 
one forced fumble, two interceptions, two, excuse me, three pass breakups. He's a big-time safety prospect, Greg. You're going to love him. You're going to be hearing a lot about him. John Steffen out of Highland Park. 17 for 25, 364, and four touchdowns. He's got a great feel for the game. And he's also the grandson of Cowboys owner Jerry Jones. You know, who else? you know who else came out of Highland Park? Mr. Matt Stafford. That's true. I saw him play in high school. Did you? Oh, my gosh. Was he ridiculous? You talk about a dynamic arm. He was the way he is now. Yeah. Picture that on an 18-year-old kid. The guy was absolutely dominant, running and throwing it. But especially, Ben, that arm right there, that was generational. Let's go with Sheratic Thompson at a Redview, at a Redview High School. 16 carries, 325 yards, and five touchdowns. A workhorse. The report out of Texas is this six foot one, 200 pound back is a straight dog, and he's coming downhill, a la Van Bully. Let's go with Will Bowers out of South Lake Carroll, the 2019 quarterback. He was 18 for 27, 286. Three touchdowns. Also had 11 carries for 123 and a touchdown. He's a runner. He's a thrower. He's big time. Staying in Texas, we're going to go with Kyron Cumby out of Plano. He's a running back. Six carries, Greg. Count this up. 227 yards, three touchdowns, and 43 yards receiving and a receiving touchdown. Greg, if I did the math in my head, that is over 30 yards a carry. And four total touchdowns. That's not bad. That's pretty ridiculous. That, that'll get it done. No question about it. And that is all I have for the state of Texas. We're going to take it up to Washington and Pacific Northwest really quickly. Really quick. Really ja- quick. Jacob Servant out of Bethel High School, the Under Armour All-American quarterback. He was big time. Close to 400 yards passing and four touchdowns. Next, we're going to go with Aiden Zamas. Zamas? I think there's a B in here. I think his name is going to be Thomas, but we're going to go with Zionis. Glacier Peak High School, okay? 582 yards, seven touchdowns with a great performance. Next, we're going to go to Kennedy Catholic, Jabez Tenay. He's a wide receiver. Six catches, 222 yards, two touchdowns. That is all I have in Washington. That's all we have Thank for top God. Can we get to some games in my really bra? It's the, they, go, they go hand in hand. Yeah, that, that. I'm just going to jump right in. The people at home are just they're dying to know, how did that De La Salle-Bishop O'Dowd game work out? I think the fans want to know. Everyone knows you as a guy who knows more about football than almost anybody else. Coach Keith predicted that not only would Bishop O'Dowd win this game, but they would hold the mighty Spartans, yeah. led by our boy Nate Kenyon. Yeah. Kevin Simon played there. Yeah. Maurice Jones-Drew. Yeah. Matt Gutierrez, DJ Williams, Coach Keith, you disrespected all those guys who wore that Spartan uniform. Really, brah? 17 points, Coach? They scored in the first play of the game. The halftime score was 38-3. to the final score was 45 to 24. So we had a couple of, you know, a couple of lipstick on a pig type touchdowns for the Bishop O'Dowd, who I like Bishop O'Dowd, and I love my guy Napoleon Kaufman. But coach, Coach Keith, you are so much better than this. Really? Bruh? This is you picking Paraclete, who we love, to knock off modern day high school. We got a Division V program against. The greatest high school program of all time. And I know 
that DJ Williams is not walking through that door. I know Maurice Jones-Drew is not walking through that door. I know the great Derek Landry is not walking through that door. But still, to predict 17 points for the Spartans, it's just a slap in the face. And I was told those remarks made it around that locker room. They were ready to go. They, were, they had blood in their eyes. And they were ready to just go out there and make you eat those words. Really, coach? How could you do that to the Spartans? How could you motivate them? I should say, how could you do that to Bishop O'Dowd? What you did to them was criminal. I'm going to take 75% of the credit for De La Salle's performance. For De La Salle's performance, Greg. I know one thing for a fact, Greg. Number one, De La Salle is a great football program. They were going to come ready to play. I thought Bishop O'Dowd would come and, and... and meet that intensity, they weren't ready, Greg. Also, one thing that I know, Greg, Greg Biggins, the GOAT, I'm, I'm wrong once in about every 10 years. This was my one time. I admit it. Let's move forward. Well, let's, let's give a little bit of love to some of those guys, some of those Spartans. How about Kyrie Robinson, who was hurt in the first quarter of the game you saw when De La Salle was knocked off by Bishop Gorman? I, I, you know, I was laying in bed. I was thinking, you know, maybe Coach Keith thought that Bishop O'Dowd, maybe he thought they were playing Bishop Gorman for the second time. That's the only, only way I could, I could possibly get in my head how you could have picked Bishop O'Dowd. You got confused, but Kyrie Robinson went for 69 yards in the first play of the game. He only had four carries, but he had 115 yards. But this guy is pretty legit. He's a guy who had almost 200 yards rushing last year against St. John Bosco. I think he fumbled about three or four, maybe five times in that game too. But Kyrie Robinson last year was a load for those Braves to deal with. This guy's good. Henry Toto had a couple touchdowns. Uh, again, total team effort. Austin Jones, they, how about this for a stat? Austin Jones, late in the game, had a 68-yard touchdown run. Are you hearing that? I am. A 68-yard, 68-yard touchdown run, which brought his yards for the whole game. Rushing to 51, which means he was negative 17 prior to that 68-yard run. Also had a 75-yard touchdown catch, a little screen pass and go. Javon Holland had four catches, 98 yards. So some of the guys for, for Bishop O'Dell, some of the standout players kind of did show some things. Yeah. little too much Spartan football. Just a little too much Spartan football. Yeah, well, yeah, hey, listen, they bounced back like true champions should. Didn't play well against Bishop Gorman. Road game at Gorman at nighttime, tough deal. And uh, they went in there and they handled business. So shout out to the De La Salle program. And hopefully Bishop Bedell, they bounce back this next week. Greg, let's, let's move along. I bet you want to move along. How about Edison and San Clemente? It's a good game. It's okay. a Fox Sports West game. It was a rematch of last year's SoCal regional game. San Clemente, just like last year, came out on top. Had a final score of 23-20. to 20. San Clemente was kind of in control. Running back Austin Witsit had 30 Carries for 137 yards. Brendan Costello, the dual threat quarterback, 12 for 23 for 120 yards and a touchdown. This is mostly a defensive battle, though. Edison quarterback Griffin O'Connor did kind of get off for a little bit, 18 to 34 for 244 and a couple touchdowns. Defensively, linebacker Luke Hoggard for Edison, just a junior, had 17 tackles. Defensive end Hunter Griggs had nine tackles and two sacks, but San Clemente defensively, just too tough. Rob Farney had eight tackles and a couple sacks. Riley Croft, linebacker, 11 tackles in the backfield quite a bit. 
San Clemente defensively, really, really good. Knocks off Edison, 23 to 20. Go Tritons. One yeah. town, one team. It was, good. it was a good game. Jack Shippey made some plays. Chris Kane made some plays. Uh, I really like Whitset. Nice downhill runner. Reminds me of a Centennial running back. You know, short, stocky, physical lower body. Got downhill and made some good runs. Caught a couple screen passes. It was a solid game. You know, Griffin O'Connor made some plays deep down the field to, to keep Edison in striking distance. But uh, Sacramento thought was too strong, and, and they held on for the victory. So, But a good game by both teams. So we got two games left. That's it. This yeah. is kind of a short segment right now because, we again, mentioned last week, probably of the top ten teams in the southern section, I think eight of them had buys. Right. So we got Calabasas, Valencia. We got Chaminade and Sarah. Yep. So Calabasas took down Valencia in one of the wildest games I've seen in, in some time, 65 to 63. It literally felt like you are watching – a basketball game back and forth. Neither defense could really stop the other. We kind of already read off some of those perform- the elite performers. Calabasas had Jaden Casey, those three elite receivers. You had Valencia with Downs and Wilson and all those dudes just kind of making plays. But in the end, hats off to Calabasas. Rallied twice, being down by 12 points. Twice rallied, took the lead. Calabasas. Last possession of the game, run the football. They did not run the football. Kind of an interesting play call. Maybe the only mistake Jaden Casey made that whole game was kind of lofting one down the field that was picked off. Valencia has it. I'm thinking, dude, Valencia's going to go down the field. they got a minute and a half to go. they got a timeout. They're going to win this game. They get a fourth and inches play. And my guy, Larry Muir, who I have much love and respect to, decides to throw forward on fourth and inches. It's batted down, intended for Mikhail Wright. Game over. Calabasas takes the victory, 65-63. to 63. Really entertaining game. Man, a wild one. Wild one. You know, the stars, the stars stood up, and they stood out, Greg. And, um, man, guys were making plays all over the place. Johnny Wilson was incredible. Michael Pittman was electric. Nico Hall seemed like he was unstoppable. Michael Wright, I mean, I don't know if we could say much more about him. I mean, he was just spectacular on both sides of the ball. Uh, I thought Connor Downs played really well. I thought he, he pressed me throwing the football, making spot throws. His accuracy was good down the field. Man, Jaden Casey lit it up. I thought it was, you know, the, the, the third down play towards the end of the game where he throws the interception. I thought that was probably his, 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 the play which he could have got, he could have had back. But why even throw the? Why you even throw yeah, it? Yeah, there, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. run the ball, make them use our last timeout. Yeah. But at Valencia, though, it's fourth and one inch. Yeah. Literally, Greg. Not like I'm guessing. Yeah. It's inches. literally fourth and eight. I, inch. I thought they got a weird spot on that third down play. I thought they got the first down. I saw the one rep that was close to the ball had it past the marker. And they then they moved it. They back. moved it back. Right. But still, Moses Haynes was unstoppable. He had 213 yards. The guy's been yards. busting all year. The guy's 200 plus. He's physical. Just go under center, either sneak it for an inch or give it to Moses Haynes. I love Larry Muir. I saw him. He's quoting the paper. Our, our guy Evan Barnes. Uh, he said, "You know what?" They were jamming the line of scrimmage. We thought we could break Mikel Wright open for a big one. Yeah. Which, 
if it works, you're like, dude, that's some big balls right there. I love right. the call. Right. But I'm, I'm still thinking, man, just get the first down. Secure your next set of Secure, downs. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a fun game. And, dude, you mentioned Mikhail Wright. Dude, is this controversial to say? I mean, I, I'd almost take him over any corner in the junior class. I know we talk a lot about, you know, Max Williams and Chris Steele and a lot of good guys. But, shoot, yeah. watching Mikhail Wright, I, I think he's as good as I've seen. He's dynamic. He's got short area quickness. He's got probably 5'11", so he's got a little bit length. Really good ball skills. He turns for the ball. He's got instincts. He got beat a couple times by Wilson. Wilson's a 6'3 guy who's off the charts good. Yeah. I think Johnny Wilson's really, really good. Wilson got him a couple times, but, you know, Wright got him a couple times as well. Wright was locking up Pittman quite a bit. I mean, it was fun watching that matchup, but tell you what, man, Mikel Wright for me is really good. Yeah. And Jaden Casey, I know people love comparisons. Kind of reminds me of a young Shea Patterson, just in his frame, his the way he moves around the pocket, get that quick release. He, everything's on time. I mean, he hits that last step and boom, the ball is out. Yeah. He throws it with touch. I, I think they only got him one. That we thought before the game, we thought, man, uh, the start of the game is going to be the Valencia pass rush. Right. The Calabasas had to give given up a sack all year. Valencia sacks the quarterback quite a bit. They're always pressuring. But Casey has that release that is, he gets rid of the ball so quickly, and he does a good job of making that first guy miss. I think they only got him maybe one time. He moves around really, just a sophomore. Guy's got three, two more years, two and a half more years to develop. I'm really intrigued by, by Casey quite a bit in the 2020 class, and I love Mikhail Wright, Johnny Wilson. I mean, these guys are just, again, they're both in the same division, D2. I would not be surprised at all if they play again at some point. Obviously, Calabasas is going to be the higher-seeded team. Upland right now is the number one-seeded team in that division. Man, I'd love to see a rematch of that game. That would be a lot of fun to see. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, listen, it was worth the price of admission. I didn't pay to go to it, but I would pay to go see that game again. Those guys, I mean, just stars were stars in that game. You know, I've been singing his praises, Johnny Wilson, for a while. I mean, the kid is special. But I think I – not I think, I reiterate what you just said. Mikhail Wright, coach, you talk about a guy that's got a big heart. Huh. The guy lays it all out on the table. Not every game, Greg. Every rep. Every play. Even in 7-on-7 seven seven in the offseason. Every rep. <laughs> the guy is like jumping 12 feet in the air, falling on the ground, diving for balls. I mean, he's just a... The effort he plays with, he plays with more effort than everybody else. You know, like Russell Westbrook in basketball, yeah, yeah. just his effort and intensity, that's what I see from Mikhail Wright. No, I, I like the comparison to Russ because a lot of times the guys that are the overachievers are like the Rudys. Sure. The guys that, that play so hard that just they're not physically gifted. You, know, you always say, man, I wish so-and-so played as hard as so-and-so. And yeah. usually it's, it's a freak athlete and you wish he played like, you know, Johnny try-too-hard guy. Dude, Russell Westbrook, I love the comparison because Russ is also a freak athlete. And he plays every game like it's his last. Dude, Mikhail Wright really is really, really good. And, uh, man, both sides of the ball. I mean, he's electric with the ball in his hands. He's got, I mean, he looks like he's a legit 4-4 kid. Yeah. Plays like he's a 4-4 kid. So he's got some length, some speed, some quickness instinctively. And, again, I don't want to talk so much about the team that lost because, I, man, 
I, all three receivers for Calabasas were elite. The quarterback was great. Like you said, I love it when the best players in a game play like the best players in the game. That, that's what happened there. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you. And uh, what a, what a, what a, what's a, it was just a fantastic matchup. And, uh, man, if they get a chance to meet again, Greg, I think we're going to have to take a trip. Very well. Very well could, for sure. How about moving on? Shamanad took down Sarah in a game that I think was closer than a lot of people, including myself, thought. 37-32. to 32. You're watching the game, and I never really felt like Shamanad was going to lose it. They were always ahead by maybe a score and a half. But every time they would go up double digits, Sarah had an answer. Every time Shamanad... You thought they were going to pull away. Van Bully was just doing his thing. You kind of thought, man, this is it. This is kind of when Sarah, you know, maybe, you know, kind of just takes a step back. They always had an answer. Doug Brumfield just kept coming through. And we talked about him already. We did the top performers. I'll read those stats again. 36 of 46 for 325. Three touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. It wasn't always pretty. And there was balls that he threw that I always thought were going to be, get picked. Some of the, you know, he had this, this kind of quirky sidearm release sometimes, but he was fitting balls in in weird spots. A lot of the throws were kind of short, intermediate stuff, but then he just kind of went down the field to Brian Addison a couple times, made some spectacular catches. Kobe Smith had a, a jump ball catch. But Brumfield subbed in and really was the difference in why Sarah was in that game. You know, defensively, neither team could really do much. I, I was a little surprised. I thought Shamanad would bring a little more pressure. Um, when they did bring pressure, the, the little short routes were open, which, again, I thought, you know, if you're going to bring pressure, press the receivers. But they would give a five- to eight-yard cushion. So, so Doug was feeling that pressure and getting the ball off. I mentioned John Jackson had, like, so many catches. I think he had about seven or eight yards per catch. Yeah. It was because they were giving him that much yeah. rather than getting on him and, and kind of pressing him. But... Uh, great game for Blake and Zlatos. The Thomases were out, injured. So Blake was really the, the guy uh, up front. They were getting a push. They just couldn't get to Brumfield too much. He did a nice job of sidestepping the rush, making some you know, yards with his legs. Yeah. It was a, Again, I was watching both games on preps on going back and forth, and you always missed something because there was always something happening in both those two games. So yeah. those are both really entertaining games. Yeah. Um, Saw Brumfield this offseason, Greg. Me and you both did. And really liked him then. Still really like him. A guy was poised beyond his years. The guy makes accurate throws from the pocket, on the move. Makes good decisions with the football. Impressed me a little bit as a, as a runner, Greg. Ran a touchdown. Showed some toughness near the goal line. Showed a nose for the end zone. Sarah came to play. No doubt. And they competed. And it's hard for me to kind of knock that Sarah squad. Brian Addison made a special catch, kind of a one-handed Eldale Beckham on the sidelines and got in the end zone, I believe. He got in the, They didn't give it to him, but he got in the end zone. Yeah. I mean, he put the ball across. And yeah, high yeah. school refs, I don't know what their deal is. I see high school refs put the ball on the one-inch yard line more than any species on the planet. Like, give the guy the end zone. It's, um, they literally love, they live to spot the ball on the one-inch yard line. I'm like, just give it to him. Yeah, like he, he, he looked was, like he was in to me. He, he was in. He was clearly in. Yeah. So um, the, Sarah, the Sarah football team came to compete. You could tell they had the league championship on their mind. Mm. They went balls to the walls, excuse my French, and they laid everything out on the table. But at the end of the day, Greg, there was just too much than bully. The guy... 
got downhill. And I said it on last week's show, Greg. I said, if you let him get five, you let him get four, you let him get three, he's going to rip off one for 50 and run for 200 plus. Greg, three consecutive plays in a row. He ran for five. He ran for four. He ran for three. Guess what happened to the next play, Greg? He ripped one off for 50. And guess what? He ran for 200 plus. 300 plus. Man, Van Bully, you got busy. Dude, he's better than I thought. I, I saw the kid last year. He, he shared reps with TJ. I saw him over the summer, and he was just good for me. Yeah. Again, he looked a little pudgy yeah. around the face, looked a little soft around the body. He's got an improved burst that I didn't see. He has improved top end speed that I didn't see before. He's got a little more shake that I hadn't seen before. And he's got that same 215 pounds, 220 pounds of downhill power that he always has. But now you add an improved burst to him. He is an elite back. Boise State fans, I go on the Boise State message boards. They are freaking out about other schools coming after Mr. Van Bully and tearing him out of there. I hope he sticks. I like the Boise State program a lot. I like that they were first on him and did the best job evaluating him, so I want them to be rewarded for that. Sure. But it's going to be a battle till signing day because people are going to want to get a little piece of Van Bully. What a great nickname by you. Got to give you credit for that. Appreciate that, my man. And that's it for me. That's it for me, yeah. Great game, and uh, we, we really enjoyed it. I mean, nothing better than see top prospects and top teams battling and facing each other and letting the best man win. So, want to move along. We have a man listen segment, Greg. Man listen. I like high school football from here all the way to the East Coast, Greg. But let me tell you something. There's one league that stands above the rest. Man, listen. This Trinity League is about to be off the hook for the next five to six weeks. What I mean to tell you, there's going to be big-time state matchups every week in the Trinity League. It's going to be special. Special. Starting off with Servite, J. Sarah this week. Also, Orange Lou and Bosco. Man, week in and week out, Greg. I can't get enough. You know what? I'm so entrenched into the Trinity League. I want to take this time to make a special announcement. Starting this Thursday, 9 p.m. on Facebook. I'll be holding a Facebook Live Holy Trinity interactive conversation about the Trinity League and its player matchup. So all you daddy ballers out there. Are there daddy ballers out there? Oh, yeah. I'm one of them. Yeah? All you mommy ballers out there in the Trinity League. I need you to tune in. I need you to get your questions ready. We're going to be talking player matchups in the Trinity League. Chris Steele versus Cal Ford. What's that going to look like? It's going to be awesome. How about Malik McClain going against big Richard Krebs? Excuse me, Robert Krebs over at Servite. It's going to be tremendous one-on-one matchups 
week in and week out in the Trinity League. Join me every Thursday on Facebook Live. Holy Trinity. We're going to get a chance to talk Trinity League football, matchups. I'll answer your questions. I want to be interactive. I don't want you to sit there and just listen to me talk. I want the questions. I'm going to give you my best answers. And you're going to get the transparent truth. You already know that off the bat. Man, listen. Holy Trinity is coming to you every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Don't miss it. Let's move along. Greg, we got our awards show. We do. We do. We have some traditional awards and then some not so traditional. Absolutely. And like I was telling you off camera, Greg, this, this wasn't easy for me. <clears throat> it was not easy. It was not easy. It's never easy. Uh, was on a treadmill for an hour and I'm like, geez, I, what about this guy? What about this guy? What about that guy? And you know, there's so many kids. There's so many players. This guy's been playing great football, Greg. Yeah. So let me start it off. I'll give the category and the nominees and then the winner. And then you can go with your award. Okay? And then we'll go back and forth. Sounds Sound good? Sounds good. So we're going to start off with the Enforcer Award, Greg. The Enforcer. That is the meanest SOB in high school football right now in Southern California. The guy who is coming downhill ready to put the smash down on anybody and everybody that gets in his way. My nominees are Christian Laval, Misha Viejo, Blake Anzalato, Chaminade, Mace Funa at Modern Day, and Caden Fitch at Santa Margarita. My preseason award for the enforcer goes to Chaminade linebacker Blake Anzalatos. Kid is averaging about 16 tackles a game, and he has been extremely physical every time I've seen him this year. Congratulations, Blake. Keep it going. Greg? I like that. I actually have Blake winning one of my awards too. Okay. So, uh, but I got an offensive MVP. I know it's tr- it's lame. I don't have a good nickname for offensive MVP. Okay. You're you're better at that kind of stuff. Eh. Give me one real quick. Offensive MVP. What, what's a what's a more juicy title? The Juice Award. The Juice Award. Offensive Juice Award. I know it's boring. I don't care. For me, JT Daniels. Hard to argue that, right? Hard to argue. Again, he's playing one half of football, basically, except when they played Bishop Gorman. And I give I give bonus points for a guy who steps up when it counts. In that Gorman game, when I thought Gorman was scratching back, he hit the deep ball to Brew McCoy, and that was the game. 78 of 112, 70% completion percentage, 1,267 yards. That's 253 game, 16 touchdowns. Only one interception. Again, not the air raid attack that we saw last year. It's a more of a balanced modern-day attack, so he won't put up the same kind of numbers, but still really efficient. The reason why I like JT as well is, and we both talked about this, he's making plays with his legs. Yeah. And I don't just mean some of the long touchdowns. He's had three of those. But just being able to buy some time and show that, you know what, here's a guy who knew his weaknesses in the offseason. He worked hard on those weaknesses and got a lot better. And I had... A guy we've already spent a lot of time. Andrew Van Bully was my runner-up. Uh, love what he's doing. The one knock on him was 38 yards against St. John Bosco, which I know how good is Bosco's defense. Tremendous to hold him to 38 yards. But uh, other than that, Van Bully's been the best player on the field every game he's played. So JT's my guy. Van Bully, a close runner-up. We're going to go to the underclass Golden Arm Award, Greg. Golden Arm, that means the quarterback who's been hot as a firecracker and lighting up the defense just with his arm and, and just he's been unstoppable. So as an underclass group, we're going to start off with our nominees, Jaden Daniels at Cajon, Ryan Halinski 
at Orange Lutheran, Jaden Casey at Calabasas, and Bryce Young of Cathedral. So how do you pick among that group? Man, I'm telling you, this was hard, Greg. I went with Jaden Daniels at okay. Cajon. He's been phenomenal this year. Uh, I mean, the guy seems to throw for 400-plus yards every game. And, I mean, he's just been on fire. Even when they lose, when they lost one game to Marietta Valley, the guy threw for 500 yards. Yeah. So, Jaden Daniels has been special this year. But the other three guys have also been awesome. You can't knock them at all. Go ahead, Greg. You can't go wrong. That's a great group right there. So, I got a, another t- kind of a traditional award, defensive, defensive MVP. Again, it was a guy you've already got. Kind of stole my thunder. Had to give it to Blake Anzalados. 80 tackles so far on the season. Four sacks, one interception. And again, it's not just the numbers, because I'm not a numbers guy. I'm more of an eyeball guy. Just watching him play, it's the physicality of those 80 tackles. I mean, he's running through guys. He's making plays sideline to sideline. I really like his game quite a bit. Offers from Colorado State and Nevada, to me, good schools. God bless those schools. But I still feel like this guy should be a double-digit offer guy right now. Blake Anzalados is the real deal. My runner-up was a guy, Nathan Lagaleo from Modern Day. Guy has almost double-digit sacks. Again, isn't the D1 prospect a lot of guys are because he's about 5'11", but no one makes more plays on one of the best defenses in the state. Shoot, the nation. Modern Day, their defense is 10 times better than it was last year. Nate Lagaleo has been a guy who's just, as it coming off that edge, he's been unblockable. Off the edge, spin moves, bull rushes. The guy's doing it all. He was dominant in every game they played. It was very close. Gave a little bit of edge to, to Blake. But again, Nathan Lagaleo, love what you're doing. Very worthy as well. We're going to go th- to the award for dual threat dynamo. Dual threat, that's for the dual threat quarterback that's been running and throwing his tail off. Nominees are Jalen Hamler at Londale, Ben Jefferson at Pacifica, Josiah Norwood at Santa Margarita, and David Baldwin at Upland. And the winner for the dual threat dynamo is Ben Jefferson of Pacifica. Greg, we've been singing this guy's praises over the last like few it. weeks. I like that a lot. The guy can run it. He can throw it. It's a good chance he's going to run for 2,000 yards this year and throw maybe for 2,500. He's, he's having a huge year so far. And uh, I really like this guy from his junior year. He's been lighting up the scoreboard. So shout out to Ben Jefferson of Pacifica. But the other three guys have been awesome as well. No question about it. I got an award for the biggest impact transfer. There's been several. And there's several more coming in this week. This is the first week that these guys are all eligible to go. That five-week sit-out is all over. But for me, biggest impact transfer, Mace Funa. Modern Day High School, and again, going back to last year's Modern Day defense and watching what Bosco did to them, it was 400 yards running right between the tackles. I feel like Mace Funa, again, along with Nate Lagaleo, you can mention, not saying Lagaleo's a transfer, but I'm just saying those guys have been huge for that Modern Day defense, but no one more so than Mace Funa. He gives them a, a physicality that I did not see last year at all. The guy's playing outside backer on first, second down. He's going and rushing the passer on third down or obvious passing situations. Mace Funa has completely just changed the whole culture and identity of that Monarch defense. I also love Cole Aubrey at Bosco. He was kind of like my runner-up. He's been a, a Jay Sarah transfer. Dude, I watched a little bit of Bosco practice today, and he is just a guy who just knows how to get up the field. I mean, he isn't blessed. He's not a 6'5", 275 guy, but... 
He's just a natural football player. Instinctively, he knows how to use his hands. He's got a quick first step. They don't use him every down, but when he put, gets out there, he makes a play almost every single time he's out there. It's crazy. So Mace Funa and Cole Aubrey, both these guys, big-time impact transfers for their two respective schools. My next award is called Tote That Thing Award. This goes for the running back who's been lighting it up, who's been electric, who's running with all types of juice, and can't nobody hold him down. Our nominees are, number one, George Halani, St. John Bosco. Number two, Toa Tawa from Lompoc. Three, Jordan Wheelscore <laughs> over there at Londale. And number four, Andrew Van Bully at Chaminade. Greg, this was a hard one, Greg. There were so many factors that went into me choosing this. Van Bully's been virtually unstoppable besides that one game. Jordan Wheelscore has been just dynamic with the football in all types of phases. Toa Tao, he's running roughshod over everybody. Nobody can stop this kid. And he's been doing it now for four years. And then George Halani, he's played a national schedule. And he's been the best player on the team for St. John Bosco. But at the end of the day, I had to make a decision, Greg. So our Tote That Thing Award for the top running back thus far through the preseason goes to Lompoc High School's Toa Tower. Yes. Had to give it to my man Toa. He's like been it. unstoppable, man. I the like guy's it. averaging 16 yards per carry. He has not been stopped. I don't think he will be stopped. And I love this kid since he was a freshman. So shout out to Toa Tower. That Tote That Thing Award. Man, I remember seeing his freshman tape and thinking this guy is a tremendous looking safety. And now look at him running the football. He's a legit running back. Yep. How about this award? And I don't know if this is really an award. Most devastating injury. Mm. The first quarter of the first game of the year. This is a guy that we absolutely loved in the offseason. Made it to the opening. Really opened up a lot of people's eyes. Just didn't know this guy had this kind of ability and upside. But Jack Lamb was a guy who I thought was going to have a monster senior year. Yeah. Just inside guy, outside guy, playing the run, playing in space, rushing the passer. The guy could do everything well. He played hard, had the frame. He was going to have a huge year. That great oak defense just kind of hasn't been the same. He has a bruised knee. I think he's probably still a couple weeks from playing. But I feel like that whole defense has just kind of taken a little bit of a drop off since Jack. He's not just a great player, but he's the emotional leader for that team. And I don't think they have recovered since Jack Lamb's been out. So not a great award to get, but most devastating injury award goes to Mr. Jack Lamb, the Notre Dame commit. But he will be back soon, and hopefully he's ready to go. That was an award, Greg? Hey, man. I didn't want to go just all traditional. Oh, gee. That hurt my heart right there. Yeah, it hurts, tough my, one. hurts yeah. my heart, too. Yeah, tough one for my guy, Jack. Move on to the next award. We got the Gata Award, Greg. The Gata Award. The Get After Their Ass Award. This is for the defensive line or linebacker who's put the most pressure on the quarterback. Nominees are my guy in Valencia, Ben, what's his name? Ben Seymour. Number two, Nathan Lagaleo, the diminutive but fiery defensive end at modern day. Number three, Cole Aubrey, who you spoke about earlier. Just a playmaking extraordinaire over there at St. John Bosco. And number, number four, Jermaine Lole, the devastating sack master at Long Beach Poly. 
Guys have been making plays on the defensive line all year, this, this group of four. Nathan Lagaleo has been pretty much unstoppable. Cole Aubrey has played the best in the biggest games. Ben Seymour has been as consistent last year, excuse me, this year as he was last year, and he was the CIF Defensive Player of the Year. But at the end of the day, Jermaine Lole has been special and spectacular. He gets my Gata Award, Jermaine Lole, the defensive end out of Long Beach Poly. You said it last week, Greg. The guy lives in people's backfields. Jermaine Lole, new offer from University of Arizona just the other day. He's been phenomenal. So Jermaine Lole, the Gata Award, getting after people. Absolutely. I, I co-signed that award. Should you spend three years getting coached up by Michael Fletcher? You're going to be great. How about this award? Just the best game. I like the it. best game that I saw was this past weekend, Valencia and Calabasas. And when I say best game, it was just the most entertaining to me because, man, it, both teams – would not flinch. And there was a score. And if you're a high-scoring guy, for me, I, I love watching defensive games too. But this game, just it was fun as a fan to just sit back and watch all these dynamic athletes just do their thing. I love Jenny Casey, all three receivers for Calabasas. The end, Valencia, you know, just grinding drives out and scoring when they had to. I, I, it left me wanting more. I wanted overtime if possible. I, I didn't get yeah. that. But it was yeah. one of those games where it was just so fun. And I, I really thought it was going to go down to the wire, and it did. So just for pure entertainment value, a 65-63 to 63 game, Valencia-Calabasas was the most entertaining, which for me made it the best game I saw this season. <laughs> That's not a bad choice at all, Greg. I co-sign that with you. We got our Playmaker Award. This is for the guy who's making big-time plays in big-time situations throughout the preseason. I got a great list of guys. We're going to listen to this. First off, Kiwan Markham over there at Long Beach Poly, the defensive back. Number two, Stephen Blaylock, the safety, St. John Bosco, UCLA commit. Number three, Julius Irving, not the former basketball player who's in the Hall of Fame, but the, but the defensive back, the all-world defensive back at Servite High School. And then the 2019 star over at Sierra High School, Max Williams, top playmaker award goes to Julius Irving, Servite High School. The guy's been fantastic. He's been he's got about three or four interceptions. He's got two or three fumble returns, one I think one or two for a touchdown. He's been unbelievable. He's got tremendous size and length. He's got he's a great athlete. I know he wants to play corner at the next level, Greg, but as far as a playmaker is concerned, he's been making a ton of plays. I think you said a couple weeks ago, probably making the most plays on the West Coast so far this year at the safety position. So shout out to Julius Irvin over there. Sir, I like that a lot. I'm a huge, huge fan. How about this one? I, I got to give you, this is my award, but it's your, it's your name. How about a best nickname award? The reason why I love this one is because everybody's using it now. That doesn't happen very often. Interesting. Andrew Van Buren. And you, we said, hey, we need a nickname for this guy. Yeah. I, I have no skill when it comes to nicknames, but you said... Andrew Van Bully. And everything about that nickname just fits his running style. He just literally bullies people the way he runs. No question. So it, it was a great nickname in that it fits his running style. And even better because people are now using it. And every time I see someone using it, I just smile. Because it's like, hey, that, that stuck. And maybe he'll be playing eight years in the NFL. And they'll be calling him Van Bully still. That, that would be something. I'm going to trademark that just to let you know. Boise State, you guys need to keep calling him that. <laughs> Put it in your media guide. Van, Make that thing stick. Hey, no, Van Bully. And for those of you who want to listen, I, guys want to use it, that's fine. I mean, 
Like you said, it goes with his running style, right? I mean, the guy's coming downhill. He's running people over. He's hurtling people. He's cutting back. He's just a bully with the ball in his hands. And that's the first thing I thought of when, you know, we thought about a nickname. The guy's just a bully. He's just going to run down and he's going to punk you. And in no way are we trying to advocate bullying because everyone knows bullies are, you know, punks and it's not something that we ever want to glorify off the field, but on the field. On the field, a bully. On yeah. the field, on he field, is a bullies on the field. Just fine. Absolutely. He is a bully on the field. We're going to go to our lock em down award, Greg. Lock em down. That's for the defensive back. I like that. Mainly the corners who have been in the hip pocket and smothering receivers, erasing them from the game. Let's start off with number one, Chris Steele, the junior at St. John Bosco. Number two, Clark Phillips, the sophomore at La Habra. Number three, Cam Stevens over at Rancho Cucamonga. And last but not least, OG, Elijah Griffin over there at Mission Viejo. Our Lock em Down Award goes to Mr. Elijah Griffin. Special this season, right? Yeah, he's having sides. a special. He's having a special yep. season. The guy's been locked down, extraordinaire. He's smothering guys. He interception for a touchdown to win the game against Polly. He's all over the field, playing in the slot, playing out on the edge. The guy's been phenomenal, and I, I love his game. So my lockdown award goes to Elijah Griffin. But those other three guys, they've been locked down as well. I think Chris Steele's only given up one catch. We know Clark Phillips had three pick sixes about a week ago. Cam Stevens was our sleeper of the week. So Max Williams has been great. It was a tough call. No, those are all great choices. All the guys you had, Max, all those guys are, are great. How about I'm going to take a guy who I thought could have been on your list. This is my, my under-the-radar player, and I feel kind of silly calling him an under-the-radar guy because we know about him. Yeah. But I don't know if the normal average fan knows just how good this guy is. He doesn't come up in average conversations okay. among football fans, but my under-the-radar player is, is Mikael Wright. Because, again, I'm not going to back down from my comment. I think he could be the best corner in the 2019 class. And most people would say, what? You're crazy. You have no idea what you're talking about. It's got to be this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. And I'm going to say those guys probably never saw this guy play. Because, you know, I don't know because he maybe plays at Valencia. And it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. But this guy has checks every single box. There's not a weakness in his game. And I can't say it about too many guys. He's 5'11". So he checks off the size box. He's 4'4". So he's got the speed. He's got short area quickness. So he checks off that. He's got ball skills. Checks off that. He's tough. Checks off that. He plays run support. Checks off that. He plays hard with a great motor. Checks off that. He's smart. Checks off that. I mean, what else do you want in a corner? No, he, he, he's got the total package. The guy can get on highway and run. He's physical. He's aggressive. No, I, listen. Under the radar, and you're right, even coming up with my nominations for that Lock Him Down Award, I didn't even think Mikhail Wright. That's how you know how far under the radar he is, because he's over at kind of at Valencia, which is kind of, you know, out of the way a little bit. But, yeah, Mikhail Wright, he's Mikhail Wright. And I also had my, my, my runner-up, I want to throw his name out there too, because I want to give love, Anthony Pardue from Murata Valley. They got a really good offensive line that, that shut down some really good defensive linemen this year. Uh, you know, they went head-to-head against Oaks Christian. You didn't hear a whole lot from Bo Calber or Kayvon Thibodeau. They played Cajon. Didn't hear a whole lot from Jeremiah Martin. I love all those guys. But Anthony Pardue is a really good player. Again, their O-line coach is a good friend of mine. He said, you know what? This guy is really, really good. Moving from tackle to guard. The guy can do anything. A little bit under the radar not right now in terms of no one's recruiting this kid. And he's got next-level size. 
next level toughness, next level physicality, and next level athleticism. So Anthony Pardue is a guy who really deserves to be recruited at a much higher level. So under-the-radar guy, Mikhail Wright, a close runner-up, Mr. Anthony Pardue from Murrieta Valley. Very nice. I want to move on to our next award. We're going to kind of break this thing down. It's coming to a close, but king of the jungle, Greg. Huh. You talking about those trenches, Greg. Okay. Those trenches, it's a war. Big on big. Most times it's good on good. You can't flinch. I got four nominees for king of the jungle. We're going to start off with Aaron Maldonado at Bishop Amon. Jared Patterson, the offensive tackle at Mission Viejo. How about Alex Gubner, the defensive tackle at Chaminade? And then last, Mikey Irvin, the defensive tackle, offensive lineman over at Calabasas. Winner of the King of the Jungle in the preseason goes to Mr. Aaron Maldonado at Bishop Amon. Every time I read about a Bishop Amon game, it's Aaron Maldonado had two sacks. Had two tackles for loss. Had a sack. Had eight tackles. Had two sacks. Had three tackles. He's been very good. He's been good for a long time, Greg. A three-year starter. Is he a UCLA commit, Greg? He is a UCLA commit. He's a commit. UCLA commit, and uh, he's been playing very good football. We know Bishma has had their struggles in the preseason, but not this guy. He's been holding down a fort. No, he's been dominant against a great schedule. Against a great schedule. Against a great schedule. Yeah. You know you're good when you talk to other teams and they mention you. Yeah. Right? No question. How about... My, I got two more. Go ahead. Uh, most dominant performance in a big game. And this is one of those, you know, a lot of guys put up huge stats, you know, against teams that are blowouts. And, yeah. You know, you got a name for that, right? Sorry, Sorry. team killer. This was a, a guy who played in a huge game, played on both sides of the ball, and we walked away and we talked about him a great deal on the podcast and said, Brew McCoy against Bishop Gorman was unbelievable, right? He was Vaughn Miller on defense. He was, what would you say, Anquan Bolden or whoever, some guy really good on, at receiver. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, you know, McCoy was off all summer and spring because he got a shoulder injury. Sure. Didn't really play much. Bishop Gorman at that time, riding a 55-game winning streak. They needed every little bit of Brim McCoy in that game. Made plays off the edge. Made plays at receiver down the field made plays in possession game. They couldn't tackle him in space. He broke three or four tackles every time. They couldn't block him. So for me, Brew McCoy really stepped up and showed why he should be one of the elite junior recruits. My runner-up happened this past game. Again, Jaden Casey, eight touchdowns. I mean, the state record's 10. So he's only a couple of touchdowns off. And again, this wasn't a a stat-stuffing type game. This is a game where, shoot, it's back and forth. They were down 12 twice in the game. Jaden Casey always had an answer. So those two guys, for me, give it to Brew McCoy just because I have so much respect for the Bishop Gorman program. Brew McCoy is my most dominant guy in a big game. I like that one, Greg. You like that? I like that a lot. All right. Let's go with our breakout star. This is a guy or guys who did not play on the varsity level last year, Greg. Either they are fresh out of middle school or fresh off the freshman team or JV team. I like this award. This is going to be interesting. Listen listen to these guys. Okay. First off, for breakout star nominee, Miles Moreau. Love it. The offensive lineman at modern day. Love it. 
Next, we have Trillian Harris, okay. the quarterback out of Chaparral. True freshman. True freshman. Next, we have Jaden Casey, okay. the quarterback from Calabasas. Lastly, we've got Darian Green Warren, the defensive back out of Modern Day. Good. Our breakout star of the preseason is Mr. Miles Moreau, the Modern Day offensive lineman. Let me tell you something. The last time I saw a kid this good, this early in his career, was Wyatt Davis. That's the, that, that's the trajectory I see this kid on, Greg. I thought he was special versus Bishop Gorman. I saw him as a freshman last year, and I said, oh, my goodness, this kid's going to be awesome. He's gotten better. He's been my breakout star. I know Jaden Casey threw for eight touchdowns. He's been on fire. Trillian Harris is a dual threat, and he's leading Chaparral. Darren Green Warren has been making big plays. But Miles Moreau looks like he could be the top lineman in the nation come his senior year. No, I, I love the choice. I think Jaden might have actually played a little bit of RC. I know he was the backup oh. last year. So, yeah. So, I, I mean, okay. my, I, remember, I remember seeing Miles at one of Jesse Sapolo's camps, and I walked away and I tweeted out, this kid's going to have 20 offers at some point. He was so good. Yeah. He was so athletic and violent. I mean, it was certain shorts, but just the, the explosion out of his stance and the violence that he just baptized the kid he went up against yeah. was just like, you could walk away saying, that's all I need to see. No question. It, it, was, it was unreal. That modern-day offensive line, Chris Murray and Tommy Brown get most of the attention. Yeah. Koa Gonzalez, Miles Monroe. I think it has the most upside among those guys. He's got three more years Coach. to develop still. Again, I'll oh say it goodness. again. The last time I saw a sophomore offensive lineman this good, this early, was Wyatt Davis at St. John Bosco, who was last year's state player of the year. Yeah. I got one more. My last one yep. goes to who is going to blow up in the second half. I like it. Partly because he's good. Partly because... His team lost somebody at his position. Okay. How about St. John Bosco running back George Halani? I feel like Bosco has been trying to be really balanced, which is good because they have great receivers. They have two guys that can throw the ball. Talking about DJ, talking about Real. They lost Demetrius Flowers to shoulder surgery. Either he's had it or he's going to have it. Tough. Tough tough break because we both like Flowers quite a bit. But that was a really good dynamic duo right there. You know what? Still have the Sand Beast, but I think George Halani is going to be a guy who could potentially, if they want to go back to, to what the formula was last year, yeah. which is just run the football 60-40, maybe even 70-30 in some games. Sure. George Halani is a guy. Talk to Bosco coaches. They say, this guy just does not get tired. He's just as fresh on carry number 20 as he is on carry number two. He just has this freakish endurance and stamina. Yeah. And, and the way he runs, man, he, he can deliver the blow. But when you brace yourself for that, he's got a little bit of underrated wiggle to him. No doubt. And he can go. He yeah. can take it to the house. So I think a guy who's going to really blow up in the second half of the season, I say watch out for George Halani. I think he's going to be huge for the Braves this coming second half. Yeah, we've been, we've been singing George Halani's praises for a long time. And the guy is, man, he's, he's been really good the first half of the season. But I think you're right, Greg. With additional carries and additional emphasis on the run game, he could absolutely blow up and take over the Pac-5 playoffs 
down the road. So that's going to be interesting to see. I got one more, Greg, and we want to finish this thing off. This is my Do It, Mr. Do It All Award. Mr. Do It All. That means offense, defense. I'm just getting busy when it's time to get down and get funky. My nominees for the Mr. Do It All Award. Number one, Jake Bailey. I think he's been underrated, Greg. I like him. I like that choice. Offensively, defensively, he's been making plays. How about this? Trent McDuffie, the defensive back receiver out of Servite. Great call. Big-time player. Notre Dame just offered him. Yeah. Blowing up. Elijah Griffin, OG, over at Mission Viejo. No-brainer. He's had had a special season. Last but not least, my man Brew McCoy over at Modern Day. And my Mr. Do-It-All award goes to. This is tough, man. We need a drum roll or something in here. Mr. Brew McCoy. Okay. Greg, you hit the nail on the head when you talked about his performance versus Bishop Gorman. Elijah Griffith's been special. Trent McDuffie is is a big-time baller. Brew McCoy is different. He's just a different cat. The way I saw him dominate a Gorman team who just dominated De La Salle was pretty spectacular. The, like you said, the guy was Von Miller off the edge. The guy was Julio Jones out wide. They couldn't block him. They couldn't cover him. They couldn't tackle him. And, you know, Bishop Gorman's a pretty good football team. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. No. Bruce McCoy was just special, man. And I don't see him slowing down no time. So he still isn't who, who he's going to be. I still see a lot of room oh, for yeah. growth. Yeah. For him. And uh, so my Mr. Do It All award, because he did it all, goes to Mr. Brew McCoy over at Modern Day High School, Greg. And that's a. That's a nice job, man. That was fun. That yeah, was that good. was fun. That was good. I, I, I we'll like that. that. We'll do that again at the end of the season. Yeah, no doubt about it. So we want to bring this baby to a close, man. Uh, social media drops. You can follow me on Twitter at Coach Keith underscore NP. It stands for National Preps. You can follow my guy, Greg Biggins, at Greg Biggins on Twitter. Follow the show at TransTruth92. I want to give a shout-out to my guy Scott Nady out in Texas for providing stats. He's my guy over at National Preps. But without further ado, we're going to bring this baby to an end. We appreciate you taking a ride with us. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name is Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool.